Paul, beginner FDM 3D printers. This episode and our recommendations are going to surprise folks, right? Really? Nah, I don't think so. <sighs> All right, Paul, another week, another episode. Once again, we are talking about FDM printers, but there is a spin on it, right? Yep. So we're going to be talking about some of the better uh, beginner 3D printers and what Scott and I recommend for, you know, people who are just starting off with a hobby or getting into the industry. So this is going to be a really fun episode. That's right. I mean, folks, we, we kind of ignored the beginners a little bit with our first five or six episodes. We did talk about fast, uh, you know, fast speed, high speed FDM printers. We did talk about Bamboo Lab versus everything else out there, right? And we did touch on resins, but not for beginners. So beginners, there was a lot of comments in previous videos asking what is a good beginner pr uh, printer for FDM or even for resin, right? So we'll do a separate video for resin. So stay tuned for that. Subscribe, comment, and like. Uh, there is going to be a video, a next video coming out all about resin beginner printers. This one, FDM printers. Now, Paul, when it comes to a beginner printer, right? Let's just talk about beginner. Ignore FDM versus resin. What should a beginner, someone who is just getting started, really care about purchasing their first printer yeah so i we were both there um when we wanted to get into 3d printing um weren't you, weren't we, you like like five years old or something maybe not that young but uh pretty pretty close pretty close okay. um <clears throat> so you know when when especially like um when when we first started printers weren't like you had to assemble them, like maybe if you're lucky after a weekend of like building, tuning and like tinkering, you might get a print if you're lucky, like not a good quality print, but a print. Yeah. So um, now um, I think what we want for a beginner friendly 3D printer is avoid that whole, like spend the entire weekend trying to get something up and running. So we want something that is good in quality in terms of hardware, easy to set up, um, and in software also very easy to set up and get going. You want something where you can just plug and play. So those are kind of the things that we're looking for. It's um, very easy to, to set up, to assemble, uh, very easy to just drag and drop a print that you want, send it to the printer, press print, and just watch it print. Yeah, and I mean, we're talking about the 90% of the beginners. Okay, those who just want to get into printing because they saw a cool gadget that someone printed and they want to download the file and they just want to get that print done. Now, there is 10% of the community out there who are getting into printing for the sake of learning how the printing technology works. We admire you. We love you. And we talked about those printers like Vorans and VZ, uh, VZBots and uh, every, every single one high-speed DIY printer out there. We talked about it in a previous video. Those printers are fantastic for you as well, right? Because you want to tinker with it, you want to troubleshoot it. That's the type of a beginner you are, 10% potentially. Again, making numbers up here. But today's video is for 90%. You just want to get started. And like Paul said, the most important thing, it needs to run, it needs to work, hardware, software, little headaches and get your first print out. Now, in terms of the uh, hardware, right, there are a lot of brands out there. So different brands, obviously, as time goes goes by, they all catch up in terms of the uh, hardware kind of a quality. But um, what is the state of hardware right now for, for beginner printer, printers? So I think we're in a really good space for um, the hardware for a lot of the th beginner 3D printers. Um, a lot of the big name brands, the newer brands, they're all coming up with great quality hardware um, where you get great, you can get really, really nice prints um, at a very, very good uh, price point. So yeah. hardware wise, we're in a very, very good spot. It's the software that I feel that um, a lot of companies can start working towards. 
Yeah. Um, but there's all, already some companies that do a great job. So we're going to be diving into those companies that have done a great job and some of the companies that are also catching up really well and just hoping to see, you know, as, as uh, the year goes by, a lot more companies jump into this um, great software experience. Yeah. Well, let's not delay it any further. Let's start with our first uh, beginner-friendly FDM 3D printer. Uh, and that's the, the one that you put on the list is Bamboo Labs A1 series. Why? So, yeah. I don't think for for those of us are uh, for those of you in the industry or or just reading up on three D printing, um, Bamboo Labs. I think that's that's a pretty uh, strong contender to some of the best uh, beginner friendly three uh, D printers. So why Bamboo Labs and why specifically say the A one series? Yeah. Um, so the Bamboo Labs A one series um, has the great hardware that you've come to expect from. Um, Bamboo Lab, so very fast uh, 3D printing, very great quality. Also, the same thing with the software. Though so the software um, shares the same great Bamboo Studio and the Bamboo Handy app that the higher end X1 or the P1 series printers have. But there are two things um, that the A1 series has over, say, the P1 series or the X1 series. And first of all, that's pricing. Um, so the A1 Mini. Uh, starts off at two ninety nine, so very 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 affordable. Um, mm -hmm. And the, the slightly larger A one, which actually shares the same build volume as the P one or the X one series, starts at three ninety nine. So you compare this to say the P one S, which starts at six ninety nine, or the X one, which starts at uh, ten ninety nine. You're seeing a lot of savings, and even with the same um, build volume like the A one. And the other big advantage that the A1 series has over the X1 or the P1 series in terms of hardware is its um, uh, quick hot swap um, hot, uh, nozzle. So um, on the X1 and the P1 series, it's already really easy to to like swap on the nozzle or the hot end. You just undo a couple of bolts and pop in a new one and that's it. But with the A1, it takes that a step further. You just literally unclip it and slide in a new one and you're good to go. So um, that actually addresses one thing that a lot of um, uh, 3D printers, like um, people who recommend 3D printers, like they don't address. It's how reliable and how easy it is to repair printers because at the end of the day this is a machine that moves there's going to be wear and tear there's going to be things that break and um like it or not there's going to be times you're going to have to replace things and usually the nozzle the hot end is the first thing most people replace um so the ability for it to be quick swapped out is a great beginner friendly and honestly like anyone who uses it, it's just a great feature just to 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 um swap it in and out yeah now a big like you know beginners might be listening to you and they're like okay nuzzle it gets swapped out okay that's that's something that really stands out according to paul why nuzzle what's wrong with the nuzzle i mean it's a beginner question here right why why nuzzle is a part that's important to be swapped out quickly why is there so much tear and wear on the nuzzle so First of all, as I said, there's a lot of wear and tear on these printers and the yeah. nozzle is usually the first part to, to wear out just because that's where all the plastic is coming out. Okay. So over time, you know, uh, that's what's going to be being, that's basically what's being used the most. It, it's the nozzle where all the plastic is being scored out. So that is where, you know, the most wear and tear happens. But another thing that, um, um, that's kind of overlooked by a lot of, you know, newcomers to 3D printing is the nozzle dictates the amount of detail a uh, FDM printer has. Mm -hmm. um, so you can get, so the standard um, nozzle, so a lot, a lot of printers come up with standard 0.4 millimeter nozzle. Um, it's a great balance between having good detail, high speed and reliability. But some people want to have very, very, very tiny details. You can um, step down to a 0.2 millimeter nozzle. So that helps a lot with, um, nice details and that kind of stuff but some people just want to 
print big, print um, fast. You can step up to a 0.6, a 0.8. Uh, there's even one millimeter wide nozzle, so that's gigantic. Um, so that's why nozzle swapping is pretty important because if you ever want to print big or print really tiny, um, you're going to need to swap out a nozzle to do that. And okay. having that quick swap feature of the A1 just makes it that much easier. So A1 is obviously, if there is great wear and tear, can have the nozzle swapped out, but it can also support the different sizes of the nozzles, 0 0.4, 0 0.2, 0 0.6, and so on. So it can, you, you can change those uh, as well as just replace a part with equivalent to one, right? Yeah. Now, 0 0.4 going to 0 0.2, and this is an extra question, uh, not every beginner might be wondering about that question, but will that get as close to printing miniatures the quality a resin printers would on an FDM printer like A1 Mini? So I want to say yes, but in reality, <laughs> not yet. So if you yeah. really want to, to print uh, tabletop miniatures or minis or like figurines, your best bet is still resin. Um, currently, like with FDM tech, we're, we won't, we're not close enough to resin to get that level of detail. So if you want to print, you know, your Warhammer minis or D&D minis, stick with resin. Yeah, folks, we'll talk about resins a little bit versus FDMs towards the end of the video, so stay tuned. Uh, as we go through each FDM printer, we'll discover why FDM printing is great for print for beginners, but resin is something to also consider, and there are some caveats as to why resin is great and why resin is not good for you as a beginner when we talk about FDM. So towards the end, stay tuned. Now, A1 Mini, you did throw quite a few <laughs> brands and names and models out there, but Bamboo Lab doesn't just have A1 Mini, it also has a P P1 series and X1 series. Now, A1 Mini is great for price, and hardware is obviously great. How is the volume of the print of the print volume for A1 Mini versus P1 and X1 series, as well as um, is there any hardware differences that make really that should be a consideration for someone getting started, for example, in closures? Yeah, so um, the A1 Mini and the A1 um, printers, um, they are, you know, Bamboo Labs kind of like lower costs, beginner friendly alternatives. Yeah. So the A1 Mini is a lot smaller in comparison to say um, um, the X1 or the P1. So its build volume is about 18 centimeters by 18 centimeters by 18 centimeters. So, um, you know, if you're printing like a little tabletop toy or something like that, um, you won't, I think most people will find that very, very like good enough, but uh, it is still a lot smaller than say the bigger A1 or the X1 mm -hmm. or the P1. All three of these printers are a lot bigger at 256 millimeters in each dimension or approximately 25 centimeters. So um, that seven meter, seven centimeter difference in each dimension does add up because um, you could print a lot bigger things with them. So that is one thing you have to consider if you're going to go, you know, as inexpensive as possible with the uh, A1 Mini, that 18 centimeter cubed build volume is a lot smaller than all of other uh, all of the other Bamboo Labs offerings. Mm -hmm. um, the A1 series um, is another thing that, that makes the A1 series um, more uh, a lot uh, less expensive than say the X1 or the P1 is its motion system. So the A1 series uh, is what uh, a lot of people call a bed slinger. So mm -hmm. the, the bed moves back and forth um, while it's printing. And because of that, it is a bit slower than what the X1 and the P1 series um, is capable of because uh, the X1 and the P1 is what they call a core XY. So the bed only moves up and down instead of like left and back and forth. So it can move, so the, the prints, the tool head can actually move a lot, lot faster on the X1 and the P1 series. So that's something you have to consider. But, you know, for the most part, both of the, all of these printers print extremely fast, especially compared to, you know, um, printers from 2022 and before, like these guys are really fast. So if, 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 if you're worried about, you know, the A1 being slow, it is not slow. It's just not as insanely fast as the X1 or the P1. Yeah. But 
one big difference that the X1 and the P1 series has, or like one advantage over the A1 is that the fact that um, the X1 and the P1 series are both enclosed. So um, P1 versus not sorry, P1 S, not P1 P. Not entire so P1, P1 series, but P1 S. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So the P1 S and the X1, they're yeah. enclosed 3D printers um, that allows you to a print high temperature materials such as ABS or ASA, yeah. um, but also you know um, it helps cut down on noise. Um, if you want to um, hook up a filtration unit to it, it's a lot easier to do that. So those are some big advantages of the X1 and the P1P um, printers compared to the, say, the A1 series. So as a result, the what you can print in terms of material type with A1, whether it's A1 or A1 mini, is limited as well. Yeah, it's, it is a little bit more limited, but for, as Scott said, you know, 90% of users who want to print PLA or maybe PTG, yeah. um, the A1 series is more than capable of printing both of them. Yeah, folks, enclosure does make a difference, especially like Paul said, if you're printing materials that are ABS and whatnot, you need something that will, that will provide a, an extra layer of protection. But another question when it comes to the enclosures, naturally what folks think when they look at an enclosed printer is that it's quieter. Does that mean that A1 that is not enclosed is noisy compared to P1S and X1 series? So the A1 series uh, printers are actually extremely quiet. It's it's they're they're one they're some of the quietest printers that we have ever um, uh, seen, which yeah. is pretty crazy. Um, the P1P and the X1, while motion wise, are not loud what makes them really loud is the auxiliary fan on the side um the a1 series doesn't have an auxiliary fan so because of that it's going to be a naturally a lot quieter so yeah. that's actually one thing to consider um the a1 series is actually a very very quiet printer okay well folks not giving up you're not giving up any quality in there uh so definitely something that is as good as X1 series in terms of the noise levels, but you're you are if you're going with A1 Mini, there's a price difference, right? So you're saving some money, but the size volume of your prints is going to be smaller. Certain limitation on types of materials you probably will print, but great beginner printer that comes with one major advantage, not over Bamboo Lab printers, but over other printers is multicolor. The printer. AMS. Yeah. Yep. So the AMS system, in in our opinion, is one of like the killer features of Bamboo Labs as a whole. Mm -hmm. So the AMS or the automatic material system allows you to print up to four different colors on the A1 series. And um, you can actually daisy chain four of them on the X1 and the P1 series to print up to 16. So there's a couple of examples out there on the internet where um, some people print insanely cool multicolor prints with like 16 different colors on their x1 or the p1 printers um and um that is something nearly no other um consumer 3d printer company has this this really easy to use really easy to set up um multicolor or multi-material system so that's honestly one of the big biggest killer features of the bamboos lab system and so, um yeah yeah so if, I, if someone was to buy the A1, whether it's A1 or A1 mini, how far would they be set back by AMS in terms of price? So the A1 mini uh, starts off at 299, but yeah. if you add uh, the A1 mini with the AMS Lite, it is 459. So okay. it's not a huge, like for, for, for what you get, it's a, it's a really, really, really good deal. Yeah. And something very similar with the A1, like big version, um, the A1 starts at 399 and if you add the AMS Lite, it goes up to 559 yeah. um, To put that in perspective, uh, some of the other uh, great beginner 3D printers, such as the Creality K1, um, starts off at 599 So at something that's, you know, already cheaper than Creality's, um, one of the Creality's top options, um, already comes with multi-material support. So that is something that Bamboo Labs 
um, has over the competition at the moment. Yeah. Well, hardware, amazing. I think we sold folks on Bamboo Lab A1 here. Um, and by the way, we're not affiliated. However, Bamboo Lab, if you feel like being affiliated with us, hey, reach out. We did send you a couple of emails. You just gently ignored us, by the way. But nevertheless, thank you for the great product. We do express our opinion independent of what you like and don't like. <laughs> but we are open to communication. Now, so hardware is great. Um, what about the software? Is it, is it, is it really that good? I, I say it's really that good. I'm, um, okay. I think um, in terms of the 3D printing industry right now, I think Bamboo's software is probably the gold standard. So uh, they have two pieces of software um, for controlling their printers. One is a desktop app, which is Bamboo Studio, combines both the slicer and the print management tool. And then their um, mobile app of Bamboo Handy is kind of like their, their um, um, you know, mobile app-based um, print manager tool. Mm -hmm. And both of them are super user-friendly, um, easy to use, um, very reliable. Um, yeah. They don't lag, which is great. Um, so like, it, it's basically like, as I'm going to keep saying, it's, it's the new gold standard for print uh, 3D printing software right now. Yeah, and just like in any other industry, uh, folks, uh, if you know when you are developing something that's truly innovative, there's going to be some negative pushback, and there are conversations. I'm sure we'll see the comments of uh, claiming that Bamboo Lab potentially took software and that was you know lifted from elsewhere. We don't know. Uh, truly, 100% might be true, might not be true. But this video is beyond that. Essentially, what we're just saying is that if you just look at what it is right now, it is really good and i mean when we started using the bamboo lab software the, the desktop application specifically so fast so smooth everything is easy easy user interface easy to navigate easy to send straight to the printer no sd cards required no nothing just connect it run with it print right so that's what really blew us away originally when we started with the we started with the x1 series so that when we started with that now Great hardware, great software. Price is great. Um, if you want an AMS, it's gonna set you back, um, you know, a couple hundred bucks more. Uh, again, gives you four color multi printing option, which is, in our opinion, totally worth it, but not required. Now, is Bamboo Labs the only company capable of doing multi color printing in this case? They're not the only company capable of multicolor printing. Um, so in the market right now, there is kind of two out there. Yeah. So the first one is um, Prusa's um, multi-material unit. So that's kind of like the grandfather of, of, um, of uh, Bamboo Labs AMS. And very similar, you can um, print multiple colors um, or multiple materials on the Prusa line of printers. Um, however, there are a few caveats to it. Primarily, uh, unlike the AMS from Bamboo Labs, the Prusa MMU comes as a kit. So uh, you'll have to assemble it yourself. Um, that might be a little bit off-putting to um, beginners because you know um, some beginners want to just plug it in, press play, and have something print. So that is something you have to look out for. Um, the um, other thing is when Prusa released their MMU several years ago. Uh, there were reports of people saying they had to tune it. Uh, it was buggy, it was glitchy. Yeah. Um, Prusa did go through multiple revisions. So now they're at MMU three, um, which aims to iron out a lot of the issues. Um, so hopefully that's the case. But again, I don't think it's going to be as widely adopted as say the M a, a Bamboo Labs AMS just because you have to build it yourself. So that's that is something you have to look out for. Yeah. Folks, uh, other options available, DIY options, sort of, uh, we, which means that there is a potential issue of you putting something <laughs> together that won't work right away. So you have to tinker and play around with it, troubleshoot it and whatnot. So again, if you're just looking to get started, the AMS from Bamboo Lab works. Guaranteed. There's a, there's a, I forgot to say, there's also actually one other option out okay. there, and it's called the palette, um, the mosaic palette uh, system. So it's kind of um, kind of like a uh, 
an MMU that you can, or AMS that works on any printer. So yeah. that's really cool. Um, the only problem with it, it is extremely expensive. When they first released it, it was something like eight, $900, which, you know, you can get a, you can get a full bamboo printer and have with AMS and have some uh, change to spare for yeah. the price of one of these. Um, but the good thing about it was it was capable of being strapped to nearly any printer out there. Um, I think just because of the, the the high pricing, it wasn't very widely adopted. And because yeah. it doesn't have a lot wide adoption, the support isn't the greatest uh, or the community support isn't the greatest. So that is something you have to watch out for. Um, we'll love to play with one ourselves. However, we just never got our hands on one of them. So we can't you know, have any like strong opinions of it, but it is something to consider if you want a multi-material system that is not Bamboo Labs related. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get to our other printer from another brand, right, uh, the, the one that we have in the list, we did talk about P1S. Now, we said that Bamboo Lab A1, A1 Mini are great beginner printers. What about P1S? Is it a good beginner printer? Um, so the P1S is their enclosed version, while the P1P is their unenclosed version. Um, they're originally um, Bamboo Lab's more affordable uh, versions of their popular A1, I mean, X1 series of printers. Yeah. So for example, the P1S currently uh, sells for um, $699, which is a lot cheaper than, say, um, their X1 starting at $1099. Mm -hmm. um, again, same great features of both the X1 and, you know, like just as reliable as, say, like the A1. Um, now, the reason why it might not necessarily be um, our top pick for a beginner-friendly uh, printer is a the pricing. Um, a a one starts at three ninety nine. Gets to the same build volume as the P one S, and the P one S starts at six ninety nine. So you do save quite a bit. In fact, you can get the A one with their AMS for less mm -hmm. than the P one S without anything. Yeah. So that is one big thing. The other thing is that uh, quick swap nozzle. Um, again, um, something super useful for beginners if, or people are just trying to do maintenance. It's very quick to swap out. People would eventually need, probably need to swap it out after a while just because the wear and tear on the printer. So that's why while the P1S um, is still a, a great, great 3D printer, we use it on our shop a lot. So it's mm -hmm. not saying it's bad. It's just um, from a pure beginner standpoint, we'll probably tell people, hey, just get the A1. You save a little yeah. bit of money. Yeah, in our previous videos talking about Bamboo Lab, we also, in our opinion, do not think that P1P is worth buying when you have P1S in the market. So if you are considering buying, you know, if you're not sold on A1 and you're thinking of P1 series, might as well go with P1S in that case and not P1P. But watch our previous videos to learn more about that. All right, so Bamboo Lab, we, I think we sold everybody on idea that it's great. Like you guys can see, we are fans. We do like it. Yeah, there are a lot of, you know, talks in the industry, whether something is good or not in terms of things that they're doing in open source versus, you know, closed source systems. We've discussed that in a previous video as well. So go there. This video is not about that. Now, second printer that we have, you have in the list is Creality K1. Why is that? So the Creality K1 uh, has great hardware, um, shares a lot of the same DNA as the Bamboo Labs X1. So um, fast, reliable Core XY motion, uh, good extruder, it's enclosed, it has um, the, the same auxiliary fan. So you can expect the same great quality prints as the Bamboo Labs X1. Um, however, one thing that we did note in our review of the Creality K1 is that software experience does need a little bit of work. Mm -hmm. So just like Bamboo Labs, Creality released both a desktop app and a mobile app. So the desktop app, uh, Creality Print, is is decent. Um, it gets its jobs done. It can uh, slice. It can send the prints to the printer reliably. The software um, is a little bit laggy in our experience. The user interface is a little bit clunky, but you know what? It's, it's fine. What we do really not like is their mobile app. Um, the less we say about it, the better. It's basically garbage. Um, 
don't 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 download it don't install it just do everything from the desktop app but like hardware wise again the the k1 is great it just needs some work on the software and it can easily be in line with um bamboo labs yeah now in so creality k1 is a serious as well Right. So when yeah. folks do, let's say, if they watch this video and they take our recommendation seriously, which you don't have to, folks, uh, and they look at the Creality K1 series, they're going to be obviously witnessing the fact that there's K1 and there's K1 Max. Now, which one are you talking about pre- uh, specifically here when you're telling somebody to go and buy it as a beginner printer? So as a beginner, um, we do recommend the smaller K1. So the smaller K1 has a 22 by 22 by 25 centimeter build volume, which is similar, just a little bit smaller than say the Bamboo Labs um, X1 and uh, P1 series or A1 series printers. Um, so you have to keep that in mind. Um, but as Scott said a little bit earlier, there's also the K1 Max, which is huge in comparison, uh, 30 centimeters by 30 centimeters by 30 centimeters. Um, currently there are no, um, bamboo for, like equivalents out there for the k1 max so if you're looking for a great quality um, 3d printer that can print big the k1 max is definitely a great option um, however when we talk about beginner friendly 3d printers we usually just say the k1 it's a little bit smaller a little bit easier to manage also the price point is a little bit better at 599 so um, um that's a lot more affordable then say the K1 Max. The K1 Max, I believe, starts at eight ninety nine, so that's a lot more pricey. So to give a bit of a scale here, so folks are not getting lost, the A1 is starting at. Oh, this is a volume print is eighteen by eighteen by eighteen centimeters. Then you've got K1, which is twenty two by twenty two by twenty five. Then you've got a, a P1 serious bamboo lab and x1 serious at 25 25 25 centimeters we're talking about here dimensions folks and and the bigger a1 is also 25 25 25 and the bigger a1 and then you've got k1 max which is at 30 by 30 by 30. so that's a scale folks and we'll try to visually show it via the b-roll edits but that's what you're getting when you're looking at all these printers and how the differentiate but uh again different print volumes different prices associated with it hardware as we as paul mentioned is great across all of those printers with the caveat that creality did have to catch up and so their gen ones did blow up uh in terms of their nozzles so we had a j1 that was sent to us by creality and we did paul did see it basically melting on him so do not get the J1, or Gen 1. Uh, so that's the, the caveat to Creality's. But other than that, K1 that comes as a smaller printer is fantastic. Right, so that's what Paul yeah. is saying in terms of hardware. Software, big differences. Uh, very big differences. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's not really deal-breaking with Creality, but it could be better. It could be a lot better. Um that's why we say like, you know, if, if you're looking for the best software experience, Bamboo yeah. Labs is still the top tier, but Creality, because it is software, that's something that you can fix later on. Yeah. And they have been doing some improvements. We have been seeing improvements uh, with the K1, so it's great. But again, we have to be honest, Bamboo Labs, the software experience still blows the K1 out of the water. Yeah. Well, at least, folks, you don't have to plug USB sticks anymore. Uh, yeah. You can <laughs> still if you want to, yeah. but like you don't have to. Yeah. So, but you, you the, the, with with both of those brands, uh, the, the software does communicate with the actual hardware. Now, the one thing that we probably should mention, however, is the fact that Bamboo Lab does not make it necessarily easy to replace just about any part with the third party vendors out there. Creality is a different story. It is. So uh, for, for a very long time um, for Bamboo Labs, if you want to get any replacement parts, uh, you have to get it directly from Bamboo, which is both a good and bad thing. Um, you know, if, if it's just from one one vendor, you can, pr- you it, the, the quality is quite good with Bamboo. And also their pricing is very, very affordable. So unlike say, 
other people, who, uh, other companies who who are vertically integrated, they're not charging a ton to get replacement parts, so it's very affordable. Yeah. But the problem with Bamboo Labs for both hardware and software, um, they're both basically closed source and locked um, to Bamboo. I know there are a couple of um, collabs that Bamboo Labs have done with, say, E3D with with a new nozzle, but um, that's basically like that's not very common. Compare and contrast this with, say, Creality. Yeah. One great thing about Creality is, um, uh, a you can get their parts nearly anywhere. Like when we, uh, when our K1 Gen One hot end just like melted on us, I just went on Amazon and got a new one the next day. Uh, yeah. Right now, you can't exactly do that with Bamboo, um, but that's one great thing about Creality. Like their supply chain is everywhere, so so. If you something breaks, you can get a new part the next day. But the other thing that is really great about Creality is there, um, is is the fact that a lot of third-party companies do make replacement parts or upgrades or alternatives for their parts. So right now, for example, with the K1, um, Microsys, which is a great uh, USA-based um, uh, company, has created their FlowTech nozzles, um, which is a great upgrade for your k1 printer so if you're looking to upgrade or modify your k1 printer um uh there's there's definitely going to be support from third parties out there what makes this flow tech nozzle good so the good thing about the flow tech nozzle is um it's an all-in-one design so um one of the big failure points of a lot of 3d printers is um there is is the gap or the fact that their nozzle and the heat break so kind of the internals of their hot end they're not, um, they're, they're, there's a possibility it could be a gap. And when there's a gap, um, you have filament leaking out, you can have jams, you can have a whole bunch of other problems. The cool thing about the FlowTech nozzle is it is an all-in-one design. So um, no matter what you do, it won't be leaking, won't have, uh, like, and then it's just much more reliable like that. Yeah. Well, folks, you heard it here. Uh, so, you, you know, Bamboo Lab, think of it as kind of like apple right and then think of creality as pc uh replacement parts are way easier to find when it comes to pc uh and uh, when it comes to bamboo lab it does come with its own challenges however we can't really say that bamboo lab is truly an apple like because uh credit to bamboo labs they've been open to the idea of leaving some of their software and hardware open uh, accessible to the community after some considerations so that's that is different that is something that's interesting that's to consider. definitely a story that we will need to cover and update later on because that's yeah. an ongoing ongoing thing well give a little bit of a glimpse to the story so we don't leave people completely <laughs> so, um as scott said uh for for a long time bamboo labs their software has been closed source yeah. so the the like the the 3d printing enthusiast community really loves you know like modding and upgrading and um, improving the software on printers and that's what made up uh, printers like from creality and other companies great because of the community support mm -hmm. bamboo labs um originally did not allow um, the community to kind of come in and upgrade its software but there were some really really smart people in the community that essentially jailbroke um, their firmware to to have upgrade uh, to to improve the software to upgrade it, and originally Bamboo Labs the first thing they did was gave everyone an update to stop that um, jail uh, stop people from jailbreaking, and obviously that that caused the community to be pretty upset about it. But Bamboo Labs did come around and say, you know what, um, if you want, um, you can. Obviously, there, there's going to be some consequences in terms of, say, warranty support and that stuff. However, it is nice to see that Bamboo Labs has listened to the community and gave a path for those who do want to um, uh, kind of uh, uh, modify their software to have that option. Yeah. So that's that's pretty nice. So if you want to play around with Bamboo Lab, jailbreak it. Bamboo Lab says, fine. 
do it at your own risk, right? So yeah. again, like I said, not like Apple, but kind of like Apple. <laughs> it's a it's a hybrid now, uh, but an interesting move by Bamboo Lab for sure. And they've done this a few more times in the past as well. So it's definitely not something completely new, but uh, a development. So you can have jailbroken uh, firmware on your Bamboo Lab at some point in the future, as long as you're taking willing to take the risk of damaging the printer potentially and then you know you can't go back to bamboo lab to complain now a1 a1 mini p1s if you really wanted to great beginner friendly uh printers creality k1 in our opinion fantastic printer as well as long as you stay away from gen 1 and you don't mind uh the software but Creality K1, we like it. Uh, we use it. We actually will buy more of them uh, over time for our own commercial business. And so definitely those are the kind of the first few that we would recommend. Now, the other one that we have here in the list that Paul felt should be mentioned uh, and should be considered by you folks when you are thinking of a beginner-friendly printer is FlashForge 5M Pro. So FlashForge actually made its name before as the brand for beginner-friendly 3D printers. So um, they were actually one of the first ones out there to have um, almost ready to go out of the box 3D printers. Um, I th Honestly, I think maybe they should, if they spend a little bit more time just marketing themselves, I think they would have been as big of a name as a Creality because their original, like their Venturer series of printers back in the day were, were great. Um, they worked out of the box, required little, little to no tinkering. Yeah. They even had its own software suite, which like it's not the greatest, but they had something. So, um, if, I think if they just spend a little bit more time marketing themselves with a bigger name, the FlashForge M5 Pro is kind of their modern take of a ready-to-go, out-of-the-box, great experience 3D printer. Um, it shares, again, like a lot of the DNA with the Creality K1, the Bamboo Labs X1 series, um, high-speed Core XY printer, um, fully enclosed, um, great print quality. And one thing that we love about the FlashForge is it also has a quick swap nozzle like the A1. So it kind of blends a bit of the best of both the X1 and the A1, where you have, you know, the great high-speed Core XY uh, motion system plus that quick swap hot end. Um, it's and clear just that like you've reality, had too many nozzles that you had to deal with in the past <laughs> that you appreciate that quick swap <laughs> feature so much. I like the amount of times I had to swap a hot nozzles because something broke, something leaked, or I had to change, you know, like um, a no for like change the nozzle width for something bigger or smaller. It's like way too many times. So, yeah. um, that quick swap feature is is is, is so convenient. Yeah, if we were to dive a little bit deeper into the FlashForge, um, the the print volume, how does that compare to Creality's K1 series, and then? Let's stick to Bamboo Lab A1 series or P1S. It's the same as the Creality uh, size. So 22 centimeters by 22 centimeters by 25 centimeters. Yeah. So very much in line with what K1 and a little bit tinier than say the, um, the P1S. Uh, yeah. A little bit tiny. Okay. Um, now in terms of the material support, so the types of materials and filaments that it can print, any difference there? Uh, it can support all the same filaments as, say, the K1 and the um, P1S. Yeah. So, um, so PLA, PADG, TPU, ABS, a ASA, all of those um, filaments that you come and expect from a high-quality, yeah. borderline professional machine. And in terms of software, because you said that they have their own software, uh, how reliable is that? So uh, Flashboard has their Flash Print desktop app so it's very similar to say what creality has with their creality prints and um uh, bamboo studio it's a it's a good um all-in-one like slicer print management tool um when we tested it out we found it was it was good um very much in line with what creality has felt a little bit clunkier than say what bamboo studio is in our mm -hmm. opinion yeah. but um in our opinion, it's still, it's still a great piece of uh, software. One thing we do want to note is 
um, they don't have a mobile app. Mm -hmm. um, so if for those of you who want to control things on their phone, unfortunately, right now, the only way to control the Flash Forge M5 Pro is either via computer or it's built in touchscreen. Yeah. And obviously, the more popular the brands and the models are, the more options there are in aftermarket to purchase yeah. the parts, exception being Bamboo Lab. But how is Flash Forge? It's like you said, they haven't done as good of a marketing as Bamboo Lab. So less folks have those printers. So if someone is starting as a beginner, they get themselves Flash Forge 5M Pro because Paul said so. And then they get into trouble with something. How easy is it to fix it, replace it, and whatnot? So um, the nozzles and that stuff, they're, they're easy to swap out. Unfortunately, just like bamboo, are, um, you have to go through them to get um, replacement parts. Yeah. One thing we are a little bit iffy about is their nozzles are a little bit more pricey compared mm -hmm. to, say, bamboo. So that is something you have to watch out for. Actually, that's kind of a running theme with Flash Forge. It is a little bit more pricey compared to say what Creality and Bamboo offers. Yeah. So um, the 5M Pro, while it is a great machine, it does start off at $625, which is a bit more pricey yeah. than again, the K1. Or, um, well, I don't think it's more pricey than P1S yet, but it is yeah. more pricey than uh, the K1. Yeah, awesome. Well, Bamboo Labs, Creality, uh, Flash Forge, right? So great printers. For those of you who are beginners, the list is not over yet. We have to mention the company that's been there for a very long time. That's a staple, at least has been for a long time, for anyone who runs a farm or has done commercial 3D printing, and that's Prusa. So yeah. the model so that you are a fan of for beginners is MK4. It's their, yeah, it is their MK4. So... Yeah. Um, I'm just going to throw it out there in terms of hardware. It is outclassed by say something like the bamboo labs, um, series of printers. Okay. Doesn't mean it's not a great machine. It is a great machine, but like bamboo labs right now does just and straight up specs and hardware. It is, it is a much better value because it starts off at uh 1049 for the assembled one, or if you're brave enough to start with kit, $749. So it's a lot more pricey, um, but- So to, to give a bit of a reference here, are we comparing MK4 to A1 series, P1 series, or X1 series? So I'm gonna say, let's compare it to say the the P1 series. Okay. So well, well, honestly, it's actually cl much closer to a A1. Um, okay. It's basically an A1. Um, same type of um, motion system and very, very similar build volume. So it's it's basically a, the same thing as an A1, but an A1 starts at $399 versus a kit version of the Prusa starts at $749. So there is quite a bit of price difference. So Paul, why is uh, it in the list? <laughs> so why is it on the list? Well, um, one of the best things about Prusa is their, their support. Um, they like like they have they have a, a full blown you know warranty, twenty four seven live chats, um, I I think phone line as well. Um, so if you need that extra support um, from the company, Prusa's still head and shoulders beyond any other um, company at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't it does help that you know Prusa still has that gigantic community support behind it. Um, so even if Prusa can't help you out, I'm pretty sure someone on a Facebook group or Reddit, a subreddit or some forum will be able to help you out. So when it comes to hardware, you have two options. You can buy a kit, assemble it yourself, or you can buy a completely assembled one for a higher price. So there is a premium uh, compared to A1. Uh, and w according to Paul, that would be primarily because a printers got an enormous amount of support that you can get either from community or from the company itself. What about the software? So the software is, um, so Prusa, Prusa has their Prusa slicer software, mm -hmm. um, which is actually what um, Bamboo Labs based their slicer off. So um, the print quality is going to be just as great. However, um, it doesn't have the built in um, kind of like a printer management um, capability as 
Bamboo Labs. So it, you can hook up your printer to Prusa Slicer and control it, but it's nowhere near as seamless as, say, Bamboo Labs. I know Prusa is also working on something called their Prusa Connect or Prusa Link, which is a uh, like their like web browser based controller. Um, however, it is from what I understand still very much a work in progress. Um, so uh, it does need some work in terms of the software experience. Yeah. Um, I do also want to, before I forget, one also uh, one big advantage that Prusa has over say the K1 or the Flashforge uh, printers is that it does have MMU support or the multi-material unit support. So um, apart from Bamboo Labs, as we said earlier, um, Prusa is the only other consumer company right now that has a multi-material um, support for their printers. So if you want an alternative to Bamboo Labs for multi-material, right now Prusa is your best bet. Mm, yeah, so if you've got an axe to grind with Bamboo Lab or Creality or Flash Force, Prusa would be uh, also something that we would recommend to consider. And, and it's been around for a long time. You go to any Facebook community out there, you, you will be guaranteed to find Prusa uh, owners. Uh, a lot of folks do start with their printers uh, and uh, definitely something that is uh, necessary to be included in the list like this. Now, Beginners like to obviously watch the YouTube videos, but they also will go on Google and, and search some of the you know articles and whatnot that are written online. And they will see that the printers mentioned in those articles are not just the ones we talked about today, but I'm just going to list them. But they might also see Anycubic Cobra 2, Neptune 4 by Elegoo, King Rune KP3S, Sovel SV07, Anchor Maker M5C, and Two Trees <laughs> SK1. Folks, I don't even know how to memorize this. I'm just reading it off my sheet here. <laughs> but, Paul, uh, let's do uh, an honorable mention of those. Why should anyone consider any of those printers? Should they even be considering them, given the you know four or fives that we already talked about? What makes those printers any good or worthwhile paying attention to maybe one by one. Let's start with Cobra two, for example. Yeah. So, um, start off with say like the Cobra two or the Neptune four. Um, they're pretty much like like the same type of printer, just one made by Anycubic, one made by Elego. I'm pretty sure someone's gonna get mad at me for saying the same thing, but pretty <laughs> much okay. very similar. That's YouTube. Uh, <laughs> That's the YouTube. Yep. Um, they're in terms of hardware, they're great. Um, great high quality next generation um, printers, uh, meaning uh, they share a lot of the hardware guts from say like, you know, the Bamboo Labs A1, or um, they're capable of being fast like them. But one thing that sets say Bamboo Labs, Creality and Flashforge uh, apart from these other companies right now is their software support. So a lot of these other printers, like the Anacubic or the Eligu, um, they they have great hardware, but they don't have like the like a an equivalent to say Bamboo Studio or Creality Print or Flash Print. Yeah. They still rely on the user to download, um, you know, third party slicers such as Cura or Prusa Slicer, and then um, uh, slice the file, put it on an SD card, and then go up to the printer, pop it in, and then press print. So um, software experience is definitely you know last gen. But hardware-wise, all of these printers are very, very current-gen. Mm, interesting. So not as f flawless experience as you would get with other printers. Um, what about the price? Would, would Does the price justify buying these printers? Like Neptune So a lot of these printers are very, very affordable. So for example, um, I believe the, the King Rune... Um, yeah, K3PS. KP3S, uh, yep. KP3S. Man, I can't, I can't, I can't remember the names either. I think yeah. they, they go for like less than two hundred dollars. So yeah. it's even cheaper than say, you know, the Bamboo Labs A1 Mini. Yeah. Um, so if you're really looking for a a budget friendly, high quality um, printer, these printers are still great choices. It might not be as easy to set up. It might not be easy as easy to send a print to, but the hardware is all there. Mm, okay. What about the Anchor Make M5C? That one looks interesting. 
So the Anchor Make M5C is probably the most interesting one of this group. Mm -hmm. um, it is, if anything, probably the closest competitor you can get to the Bamboo Labs A1. So just like the Bamboo Labs A1, it is a bedslinger. It is a very nice looking bedslinger with, you know, um, like all the, all the electronics hidden. Um, and it also is quite easy to use. So it relies on the Anchor Make app to um, slice and control the printer. Mm -hmm. um, just like, you know, like the Bamboo Labs A1. Um, but one thing that we, we are a bit concerned about the Anchor Make is it is very, very locked down compared to nearly any other 3D printer on the market. So you have to go through the Anchor Make software to basically control it. So one thing that we are a little bit, we are very iffy about is, you know, say five, six, seven years down the road when Anchor Make decides to kind of retire this series of printers, can users still use it? Um, would it be, you know, like supported? Would, would it stop working? We don't know because it's so locked down. So that's one thing that we are very, very um, iffy about with the Anchor Mink. Um, but as as a as a user friendly, beginner friendly, three D printer, it is still a great option. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Uh, just for those of you who are kind of confused uh, with what just happened, uh, the printers we do recommend are the Bamboo Lab A One and A One Mini. Great printers to start. Uh, definitely something that will be easy to for you to just get get working out of the box. P1S is fantastic if you want to spend more money. Now, if you are in that range now, you can also look at Creality K1 uh, as well as Flashforge, and I'm already forgetting the names. And then if you really want to stick to the traditions of 3D printing industry, uh, Prusa MK4 is also an option. And then we've got a bunch of those honorable options that we just went through kind of quickly. Uh, you probably see them in various different articles, all 3DP and whatnot, mentioning some of those. Again, do we recommend them? Not necessarily. There are drawbacks that we see with those printers. So the A1s and K1s and P1s are fantastic for you to consider. So that would be kind of the, the recommendation from this video, 50 minutes in, and uh, that's what we came down to. <laughs> <laughs> to save you time, buy an A1. Hey, um, <laughs> great beginner friend. Or a K1 or a Flash 4 5 Pro or yes. the Prusa or they're all great printers. They are great printers. There are differences in prices and differences in software. It seems to be software is the one that really makes quite a bit of difference when you consider those printers. All right, folks, uh, that's, that's the episode. Wait, no, that's not the episode. Scott, you're lying reason why I'm lying is because some of you might be wondering, cool, Paul, FDM printers, duh, makes sense. Now, what I'm really trying to figure out is, should I look at resin instead? I mean, look at the prices of those printers. It's like, it's so cheap. Should I get involved with resin printers? Without going too deep, because that's a separate video, quickly tell us, Paul, why resin is worthwhile considering and why it might not be a good big interruption. So the quick answer is, if you are interested in printing miniatures, like, stuff for tabletop games like D&D, Warhammer, or you want to print figurines mm -hmm. or like jewelry and that kind of stuff, um, a resin printer is by far the highest like resolution, highest detail printer you can get your hands on. But there are a lot of buts to it. Um, okay. poop. No, there is no poop on resin. <laughs> there's no poop. Um, but there's it's messy. Uh, there are health concerns um, and like build volume. These things are tiny in comparison to an FDM. So we would recommend a resin printer if you're looking into printing miniatures and that kind of stuff. But if you're more for a general purpose, like I just want to print something for my, you know, like a little toy for to put on my desk or print something around the house, um, I would still recommend an FDM over a resin printer. Yeah, folks, and this is a good moment for us to tell you to subscribe. 
because the next video is all about beginner resin 3D printers. We do tell you to go with FDM, but there are use cases for you to buy a resin printer. Uh, and if you can't wait until next next video and you're thinking to yourself, resin is just so much cheaper, you gotta consider also the fact that you gotta buy resin, which is expensive. You gotta buy all sorts of equipment and masks and whatnot to do the work required with resin, which does add up. And we're gonna cover that in great depth in the next episode and i know that we will because it's the second time we're re-recording this episode and we've already done it we're just making it better <laughs> so <Exactly>. trust it <laughs> trust it subscribe and you won't be disappointed all right fdm printers the best beginner printers you've heard it here not sure if it's really a surprise but we do confirm the fact that a1s are great bamboo lab in general is great Creality, some of you do not like it. We do like K1s. We work with them. Fantastic. All right. Just skip the Gen 1 version. Um, and that's the episode. All right, folks. We'll see you on the other side. I'm not sure what the other side is, but we'll see you there. <laughs>